Hey y'all, hey, it's Ken here, and I'm so excited that we are back with another episode, guys. Today, we sit down with our good friend, Kenyatta Collins of Connections with Kenyatta Collins to talk about the power of media and how it has shaped the narrative of the black communities for years and how now it is our time to take our stories back. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey girls, hey. Hey girls, hey. Hey y'all. All All right, so I'm super excited because first of all, I said, hey girls, hey. Guess who's back? Robin, Robin. (laughs) So listen, this is like a thing. It's a vibe, as Mm -hmm. they say. Did I say that right? Am I cool? Okay. No, cool. All right. Okay. Okay. I mean, it wasn't a vibe, but okay. (laughs) You know what? I just feel like the spirit of hate no me has just been taken over. I'm just, just. I just don't like it that much. You know, I'm just wanting to will you back in, you know, okay. you're the friend and go too far. All right. I but I was it was, it's a vibe. I feel it's like that. Vibe. All right, it's Thank a vibe. Thank you. High five. High five from across. Okay, so I'm How y'all been? Vlog both of y'all. Okay. <laughs> How y'all been? Nah, we here. Okay. That's probably the best way to say it. Yeah, we're here. I mean, because the last time we were here... Some things were transpiring in the community, yeah. and it was just like we were having those conversations. So we just, you know, we're back to the same, and it's still happening, right? Right. It hasn't stopped. It hasn't. Okay. Well, like we're blessed to be here. Yes, that is true. We, we really we're, can't we complain, survived. but we want to change. We Ooh, that's want, we want Can't complain, but we want change. Absolutely. Yes. All right. So. I'm super excited because we have a special guest. Yes, yes. So we have new friends of the show here. Kenyatta, what's up, Kenyatta? Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey. So just a little background, (laughs) not too much background information about Kenyatta. We met many moons ago uh, when Kendallin and I worked at a hospital. 2012 to be exact. Wait a minute. Wow. Memory. (laughs) Listen. Like, you don't forget that. No, but she came after us, huh? She wasn't always there. No, no, no. Yeah, she wasn't. Yeah, Brandy no, was no, my no. trainer. She okay, definitely so that, came so after you were, Yeah, yeah. So you, okay. But I'm saying, like, even then, 2012. Oof. That's a long time ago. Was. And, and we had been Liz said, I love Kit. Like, everybody needs, like, a King Getter, <laughs> they like, do. in their life. They do. Like, in, no, in their work life and yes, in their personal life. life. Yes. Like, because she got us through. <gasps> Seriously. Like, Kenyatta had everything, okay? She had, if you needed a word, she can give you a word. If you right. needed tea, you can have some tea. If you just need to get high, like, whatever it was. She was your one-stop shop. She, she was. is it, yeah, okay? That's entertainment. Right. That's right. Kenyatta is entertainment. <laughs> she never just, period. And she knew everybody. She never <laughs> met a stranger. That's awesome. Even if she yeah. didn't know you, by the time you left, you knew her. Right. Like, awesome. Right. And I think what I one thing I can always say about you is I always knew that if we were talking, it would be the truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like she don't hold nothing. nothing. Like, oh my god. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really want that to hear that piece, but she told the truth. I mean, I'm sure you still do tell the truth all I the time. <laughs> and sometimes you want to chase it down with something else, but you can't because it's just wrong. Uh, <laughs> right. But yeah. So, yeah, definitely. So we uh, invited Kenyatta here today because we definitely wanted to hear some truths about the industry that she's in. Uh, yeah. When we met Kenyatta, she always had a passion for media mm-hmm. and just 
one I mean everything that we just described about her should have been just like an inkling of what type of career she wanted to be in yeah um and so oh that's true yeah (laughs) (laughs) and so definitely um and I guess that was like a pivotal point in her life where she was trying to get to that goal that she wanted to be at that we crossed paths and she definitely made it guys yes. definitely okay yes. and a dream come true in the yes. flesh awesome. <laughs> okay. so we're just so super excited to have her here today to talk about that and talk with us through um that journey and so again welcome Kenyatta. thank you for having me i'm so excited to be here yay, yay. listen you. you're the first person i thought about I, when I called Brandon, I was like, listen, this is going to be a very interesting choice, but I <laughs> knew that you would tell us the truth. Um, we've just been having this conversation about society, really, and just this image that has been, uh, this picture that has been painted, why can I not talk right now? This picture that has been painted of people that look like us, mm-hmm. and a lot of times it's very negative, um, especially when it comes to media, and us knowing that media was your dream. You worked with some major media outlets here in the city. Um, now you have transitioned into like boss moves, doing yes. your own thing, representing for the people. I say, like, listen, she's gonna tell us the truth because I'm feeling like bamboozled, hoodwinked. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like what's going on over here? So, yeah. The yeah. first question we usually like to ask all our guests is, "How has God been in your details?" Whew, that's a good question. So, first of all, God hasn't always been in the details. Uh, I've been winging life, trying to do things on my own, and some things happened, and that is where I met, you know, you guys in 2012. Um, I was going through some things at that time in life, and I got the job at the hospital, mm-hmm. and before then, I had worked in the TV field, but it wasn't anything fulfilling. I was just there. So I started meeting new people, and I guess, you know, I decided to take another leap with working in the TV field, the media. So I was working at the hospital and the TV station, you know, during the day and at night. And Mm -hmm. it was a lot. But God got into details then because I got to experience things that I would not have normally experienced had I not decided to go back to work in the field. Mm -hmm. And ever since then, it's just been leading the way. Just follow him. Yeah. <laughs> I would I would bet, though, he kind of has always been there. A lot of times we just can't see it. Mm. You know, it's us. It's him, like, dropping breadcrumbs. And we're like, uh-uh, what is that? Yeah. I don't want that breadcrumbs. Because <laughs> right. definitely, I think, at the point at which we met you, um, you were, like, unapologetically passionate about what you wanted to do. It always has been there. It's just, like, that role. What does that role look like to get you there? So, yeah, I'm excited. To oh like God. see this this moment where it's Absolutely. like, you know, that's encouraging for somebody who is wishing to do something, dreaming, and they feel like I can't even see how it's gonna happen. Yeah. When you're working overnight in a hospital, listen, going up and down the halls, you feel <laughs> like this is my this is my beginning and end, and it's not. It it's has not. to be more. Yeah, yeah. especially right. if that passion is burning inside of you. So, yeah, this pump for that. So when did you first learn that you wanted to be the voice for the people? Um, I I always knew I wanted to be a voice, mm-hmm. but I didn't know what type of voice I wanted to be. Um, I knew it was my passion to 
be in the community, which is why I went to paramedic school. Mm -hmm. So I forgot about that. (laughs) You know, that was like that was God telling me, "Yeah, my child, I have something for you. I have an assignment, but it's not in the medical field." Mm -hmm. So okay, God had to go back to the drawing table, go to the board, and just you know find out another plan. So in two thousand. 1617 I uh, got called into my news director's office for a meeting and I just left Bandit General that day because I worked there during the day so I went in a meeting and it was pretty much a meeting of him telling me in like 45 minutes that how he didn't want to hire me to be a reporter I wasn't the right color my hair wasn't the right texture or length I wasn't the right skin complexion I was competing against other students at another local university and that my Southern University degree did not matter to him. I was crushed. I cried. I All of the negative things that would come to your mind if somebody told you those things, they came to mind. Right. Um, I think the part that held me a little bit together was I didn't tell my mom in detail because she would have probably burned the whole building down. Right. Okay. <laughs> Black mamas. So I, I, didn't, I waited a couple of years until you know I told her the true story and even yeah. then she was like why are you telling me this now? You know I would have went down there. Right. And I didn't want her to come down there. And I'm glad she didn't come down there. five years ago. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, so what happened was I quit. I, I felt that my purpose at that station was of no longer. And I decided to, it took me two years, but I decided to launch my own TV show. And the reason why was because I, the people that looked like me in that setting, we were not on the same vibe. We were we knew we were just there because they needed the numbers. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was the only one that had the strength and courage to say, I don't need this. I can make it on my own. So I launched a TV show with my name in it on the same network that told me I would not ever have an opportunity to be Listen, <laughs> okay. God, he God. will prepare God. a table yes. for you in the presence That's of your enemy. Right. Mm-hmm. But wait a minute. You like just put out a whole mouthful a whole (laughs) let's go backwards from my understanding because i maybe i missed this part you were already working there Mm -hmm. you were applying i wanted to be a reporter okay so you were okay Mm -hmm. applying to be a reporter so you were already there and what was your role i worked in production okay so i was editing and sometimes i would sneak out with reporters and do their stories and i'd come back and edit it and it would be their name and face on it but it would be my work Okay, mm-hmm. so you were doing that, a, a position came open, and you applied, and the boss there, or supervisor... I didn't even get to apply. He shut it down before it, you know, even came to the point of, yeah, you know, we have this position open. Mm-hmm. And it was like a total shutdown. Okay, and so the things that you said that he's saying, like, are, like, verbatim, like, things mm-hmm. he actually said. Yes. yes. Okay, that's a lot. All right. Like, <laughs> I'm, like, speechless, because you hear these stories all the time, that black people say, like, I was in a room, they told me my hair had to be different, my mm-hmm. skin wasn't good enough. But until you experience it, you almost think, like, that's a bit dramatic. And let's paint the picture, because she had dreads at the time, right? And I had dreadlocks, and a black woman, a black woman at another local station told me that if I wanted to make it in this field, I was going to have to cut my hair. She took one look at me. She didn't know me, didn't know my name, just told me I needed to cut my hair. So I went ahead and cut my hair like a dummy. <laughs> wow. I cut That's my what hair. made you cut your hair. Yes. Right. And they I, they still didn't accept me. Wow. They didn't. Listen, that is another word. That's such a powerful story. Like That's Whoa. such a powerful story on so, like, <laughs> let me just say this. 
<laughs> your purpose has just become very apparent to me because I'm looking at you and I'm like, she's so pretty. She's <laughs> Thank so you. Like, why wouldn't? But then I know, I know America has whitewashed mm-hmm. us in so many ways that we have to have straight hair. We have to have brown skin at, at least is the color of a brown paper, paper bag, bag or lighter. Right. Right. And it's just like listening to you say that you did the work behind the scenes. Like, right. why wouldn't you be in the forefront? You did the work. Right. But how many people's story is that? You know, it's in so many fields. And right. it's really like almost heartbreaking. Like, I'm like, it's shaking on the inside. Just Absolutely. knowing that that conversation happened. And... There was nobody, it didn't sound like there was anybody there in that space to say, girl, forget that. That's not right. Like, they kind of high-fived it. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, you're going to have to change your hair. Like, what what can you do about your skin, though? I'm just wondering. And that was just one instance. I think this is how God was in the detail because he'll put you in certain situations when you know you're supposed to walk away, like friendship, relationships, jobs, all Mm -hmm. kind of things. You're supposed to walk away, and you didn't. So, you got to stay there again, and you get... Knocked down again. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, God, what? So the first instance was um, North Baton Rouge opened a food bank. And mm-hmm. I presented the story to my news director. And he told me that it wasn't news. That a food bank being opened in North Baton Rouge wasn't news. And nobody cared about it. I went ahead and did the story myself. Mm-hmm. Put it online. And people saw it. And they wondered, well, why isn't the news covering this? Mm-hmm. And my answer was, because the news said it's not news. Mm. And therein lies one of the big things. That leads me to my question. Like, is there a magic man behind the scenes (laughs) writing the narrative as far as what is portrayed in media? So, he's not a magic man, first of all. He's just a man. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. He's not magic. He's not magic about that. But all stations have a news director. And sometimes you're lucky enough to work in a market where the news director looks like you. And Mm. is a female. Um, here in South Louisiana, it's totally opposite. Wow. It's going to be a white man. And I'm just going to put that out there. Yeah. And sometimes he's compassionate towards, you know, those that don't look like him. Sometimes he's not. And at my particular station, he wasn't. He didn't, you know, care about those that did not look like him. He talked to them harsher than he would talk to those that, you know, look like him. And there's a, a situation now where there's someone that looks like me and they're stuck at that job because mm-hmm. they feel there's nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. And they bump them down from their main job and put them on a little little pool job just to keep them on board because they need the black people. Right. These are things that are happening on these stations that we watch every day. And it's not just local, it's national too. Yeah, right. mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You can tell the narrative. Like, it's a how people look. Like, you can tell, like, mm-hmm. they have certain looks on certain stations or how, you know, they cut to a certain uh, just story or just the narratives that they give. And it's just like, hmm, at one point in time, I, I want to say it was during the era that maybe you were voiceful and opinionated about who was being hired. Because at one point, I know a couple particular 
news stations here locally, you ain't see all us millionaire people on there. They might have had one. Right. I can think of one person. I ain't going to name my name, but I think of maybe one or two people. But I, all I remember is white people mm-hmm. delivering the news. Mm-hmm. And they stayed in those positions yes. for ever. Yes. These are people that I grew up watching when I was a little girl, and now I get to walk in the same station, and they're still, still there. there. Right. And it's like, like, wow. These are the people you, that you are competing against. So to eliminate competition, because I always win anyway, so. That's, that's right. To eliminate the competition, that this is not good competition. This is just a waste of time. So once I launched my own platform, I got the opportunity to show Baton Rouge and all of my viewers the positive things that actually happen here in our black communities. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Like, I just feel like it's just. It's just so much in this little bit. Like, I feel like I wish people could see us, like, a recording. Because I feel like we, like, <laughs> me, Robin, and Brandy genuinely look like, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, Didn't think we were going to get that answer. <laughs> yeah. But I love the idea that you were covered enough, whether it was a seed that your mom planted or somebody in your family spiritually, that even when you were in a position that knocked you down, although it wasn't as soon as we would have liked it to have been, you moved. Because think about the person who is in the same position, like you kind of just described somebody, but in other fields who get knocked down and they let what man says Mm -hmm. dictate what they know purpose is for them. And that happens so much. And I'm just so happy, like, something covered you out of that because that's heartbreaking. Like, I I couldn't even sit in a, first of all. That office probably would have been non-existent, honestly. Like, knowing my temperament towards things like that. But I know it's different if I were passionate about that field and you're sitting in the room. But I'm wondering, like, what exactly is the competition? Because you say you're competing against those people, but based on what? Well, I'm so glad that you asked. He gave me an example of what the competition was. Oh, okay. The competitions were the skinny Caucasian girls with long hair. Mm. That That's what the competition was. Well, what was. about, like, their TV presence or, like, their ability to speak or their ability to get a good story or... It's the place that they graduated from. The place that's on their degree mm-hmm. is what gives them a higher hierarchy than just regular me. Mm. Although you guys, like, skill-wise could probably be the same or you could be better. Although the skill-wise on the north side of town are probably a little bit more better. And mm-hmm. she had more experience because <laughs> she had been working yeah. in production. and I have been working in production before I even got a degree. And so, was yeah. older than the graduates. Yes. That, so had been doing that's, this well, That's another thing yeah. he told me about. I was too old. I should have known Ooh. by then Ooh. what I wanted to do with my life. And he took one look at me and he said, why are you working at a hospital and at the TV station. But let's not negate the fact that why I was hired. I got hired because when I went for my interview, I overheard him mention that he didn't want to hire me because those jobs were for the other students at the other school. And another hiring lady heard him. So they went in and offered me the job to keep me from suing them. And years later, here we are again in the same scenario. So I had to, instead of making the actual paper resume, you know, you type your resume Mm -hmm. letter, I didn't, no, I did a video. And in my video, I thanked him for telling me all those negative things <laughs> and to let him know that I'm never scared. Right. So, um, okay. Bone yeah. crusher. <laughs> I just feel like, so I just feel very empowered just sitting here listening to you. I got to tell you, but I just know that God works in purpose and everything is strategic and nothing is for naught. And mm-hmm. I just feel like everything you have gone through, not only is for you, but I think it's for people like you that's mm-hmm. coming behind you 
from the north side that's trying to break into industries that's not maybe tailored for us i'm reminded of uh chadwick mm-hmm. and his lack of compromise yeah like what what i get from his life and from his art is that he didn't compromise anything yeah one of the things i know about the media is they ask you to fix so much fix this fix that fix this fix that and i just feel like dude came with you know his natural hair his natural everything he changed nothing about himself and he was successful and so i just kind of see that painted all over you like and i don't know i feel like i need to go get some picket signs like we need to go <laughs> and march all right. once again we gotta go march because wow and it's not even obviously like police brutality is huge right or you know crime i'm not even going to give it the name that they want us to give it because it's just crime right all of those things are issues but these battles like the type of thing that kenyetta is speaking about those secret battles um of trying to do something that you feel like god has put in you and you're battling against somebody who may not even believe you listen you can't you talking like that you don't follow jesus that's all i got to say but um those are the battles that really the battlefield of the mind that's really breaking you know us down as a people and i was listening to church today and one thing the pastor was saying which is so true that one thing we're getting wrong as a christian community is kindness Mm -hmm. like we just we don't have it. And he just started naming all these ways that Jesus was just a nice person. Right. He, he gave the example of him going to a party, turning water into wine, even better wine than the host had. Right. Um, you know, inviting himself to uh, the little, is it Zacharias? Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus yeah. yeah. His house, you know, and he's, you know, had all this stuff about him. He wasn't this good guy, this bad tax collector, mm-hmm. I believe. But he invited himself over there. Um, that he just did nice things and just from a, I mean, obviously like from the world standpoint, we can't expect the world if they don't follow certain principles to be kind, but we push that narrative though. Like we say humanity, we say all this. So you especially expect Christians, people who pull up to a church on Sunday to be kind. You, but just from a humanity standpoint, how do you sit in somebody's face and tell them it's not that you're not good enough because you don't speak how you're trained to, you know, speak. Uh, you don't have the skills that we teach you to have. It's just because your skin and your hair. And it and it happens all the time. Like, these are the things that we need to have light of to fight for. Right. Because right. what does that narrative look like to people who are in school right now to go into media? And the people that are in school now for media, it's heartbreaking a little bit because... They don't know what they're 100% facing once they graduate. Mm. Once they walk into these newsrooms and these stations for these jobs, and it's so much against them that they don't even know. And they're competing against people that they've never met, right. people that are behind them or underneath them. And it's, it's crazy. It's really heartbreaking. Yeah. And even after that whole situation went down, do you know they asked me to come back? Because mm-hmm. they always they ask me to come back. Cause that's what the Lord, listen, that's what the Lord would do. Right. They will need you. That's why you would need them. them. No. <laughs> God told me to tell them no. With a free heart, I said no, thank you. Yeah. But I, I still kept my connects open because I needed them to see my show. Yeah. So I always sent them <laughs> links, and I emailed my 
uh, news director, I told him, you know, I wanted to share my, I didn't even do it on a, you know, a revengeful tip. I did it with a clean heart. I wanted to show you, you know, connections, let you know what I was up to, what I'm doing. I knew he didn't care, Mm -hmm. but I wanted him to know that those words he told me, it may have hurt then, but it didn't stick. Like, you Mm -hmm. can knock a black, see, I want white people to understand. You can knock a black person down, but they're not going to stay down long. Right. Right. We're not going to stay down long. And we're going to get up fighting, so you need to be prepared. Right. (laughs) We're resilient. We're resilient people. That is, I I don't know, it makes me nervous because I have a, a student right now. She's a senior. She wants to be a journalist. She's had an opportunity, I think it's at, uh, where did Michelle Obama go to school? It's, it's leaving my mind right now. She went to, she went to Ivy League. Uh, I was going to say, oh Lord. Uh, Stanford? Stanford? And no, she it's not Stanford. No. It's she went to Harvard. It's with the P. Sure. Anyway, she, uh, listen, we could do our Googles, but uh, she's doing like a journalist thing, like through their summer institute. Like she's starting like a lot of initiatives, like at our school. And I just love her. She's such a sweet kid, natural hair, great girl. So you're making me like think about like, dang, what should we be telling her now? I think you should be telling her now to create her her path, be able to have her own platform to where if she doesn't, you know, if things don't go the way she wants them to go in this market, mm-hmm. aim higher. Don't yeah. just settle for you know Louisiana. I know Louisiana is a smaller market. And don't just settle for here. Yeah. But take what you have. Start now and building, you know, I wish I would have built. But the funny thing was, I didn't always want to be a news reporter. Yeah. yeah. I did not always want to be a news reporter. Like, I, I was a shy kid. I didn't like to be seen. I didn't like to talk. You don't talk to me, I'm not going to talk to you. What? <laughs> and that's crazy because you can't tell that now. Right. Um, I would have never guessed. Never. I tell people all the time, I have to credit my 10th grade drama teacher, Ms. Elisa Wells, who's now the principal at Madison Prep, because yeah. if it was not for her, I probably would still be hiding behind this mic. Oh. Um, I didn't talk. And she made me get up in class, in front of my classmates, and talk. Yeah. And that opened something in me. Like, oh, okay. I can talk to yeah. people. And I just, I haven't showed up since. Listen, big ups mm-hmm. to the arts. If that's right. not a testimony mm-hmm. to how the arts are so important, like you said, it came out of you. I've seen our theater program grow at our school, and we have a kid who barely says anywhere, same situation. But when they have to do their plays, I'm like, is that? Oh, my God. Like, I'm just, like, floored at what you see come out of kids yes. when you give them the space to be creative and you push them to do what's inside of them so that's a, just a side note yeah so brandy got at princeton i could not think of princeton yeah. to save my life yeah so she's doing that program there that's and really so amazing. yeah like it's really great for her and she's super excited but i hate for her to one day get into a room like yours you know what i mean that's say her experience would be yours but i'm sure it's a lot of people's experiences and Tell her to uh, join NABJ as well, National Association of Black Journalists, because okay. they're very, very, very helpful. Very helpful. Because of COVID, they weren't able to have their uh, yearly comp- uh, convention, but they are always so helpful with jobs and anything in the career. So it's awesome. up to them as well. Yeah. See, also to piggyback off of not just having a space and a place for kids to go and grow and be themselves, but people like yourself, Kenyatta, you, Kendallin, and Dr. Welsh, I think she's Dr. Alicia Welsh mm-hmm. now, maybe just pouring into children, like the youth. Mm-hmm. Kenyatta just said she would have been hiding behind a mic. She didn't talk to anybody. She didn't. And you as well, Robin, as, as educators or being involved with kids, because not only is Kenyatta 
um, in the media, but she has had a very large presence in kids. Like, like we've talked about sharing experiences growing up, going to youth encampment and, uh-huh. um, spirit go, check. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, just having that presence and she's never left it like with being in church and she's all like having that jewel that tip I'm for an your student lady in my church. and she does work <laughs> in the media no, and I'm the announcement lady <laughs> in my church big up to Shiloh <laughs> see like so she's always been in those spaces and I think God had her in those spaces and places for a reason so yeah. I, I I think it's very important when we when we see those types of behaviors in kids that we pour that into them and we don't allow them to just sit off to the side like we we pour into them because they can be a Kenyatta one day or a Kendallin or a Robin or myself um, that has a platform to help others so that's yeah. pretty good. I mean we're little gifts that's all we are when we come mm-hmm. to this earth and I think you know my mind is all about us uncovering our purpose and so we're gifted to a family gifted to a certain place in society and Hopefully all those things work together where we can uncover who we are in a safe way. But we know for most of us, it it was a journey, right? Uh But I think because we are becoming the wise, I don't know if we all went to wise generation yet, but we have some wisdom because we've had experiences, right? So now that we know better, we have to be conscious enough to do better. And I think a big piece of that is like stepping outside of your day-to-day and realizing like my life is not my own it's not just about me i gotta reach back because there is a little girl that has dark skin that loves her dreads because it's a part of her culture maybe her family's from jamaica or the islands or whatever the issue is and but she guys purpose her for media and so we need people that look like her that had her experience to go back and pour into her and say listen you may hear these things along the way but the devil is a liar you're going to be able to push through those things. And so if we don't do that more often, then we lose a generation. And that's kind of what we're seeing right now. We're not doing a good enough job. That's a whole other conversation. But I just think here having this conversation just, like, reiterates how important that is. And then, too, Kenyatta, part, a big part to me of your story is you didn't fit into a space, and so you created a space of Listen. your own. And I just feel like... yes. What we are up against, like the future, we may not fit into what society, you know, that compartmental place that they have for us. But don't be afraid to step outside of that box Mm -hmm. and just create your own niche. I think one of the one of the things I hope to impart to my son is, hey, if if it's not working for you there, why don't you just create? I never go into a job to just do a job. I want to create a space that when I leave, they gonna know Robin was here. Listen, we okay. know. We know. <laughs> I'm just Every saying, day. They, but Every I day. think that's important, and I think even to like you're a trailblazer. Mm. So the path that you have blazed, the people behind you will be able to see. You know what, Miss Kenyatta didn't take that. She didn't put up with that. She went out on her own and she created this. And I think from that. My question is, what are you going to do when that platform gets huge? Like, I look at a Joy Reid. Joy Reid is on MSNBC. Y'all know Listen, I love that is how MSNBC. She, 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 she know the people personally. But she went from a weekend spot to a primetime spot. Joy is just very, she's very articulate. She's very intelligent. But she does not 
fit the aesthetic mode of somebody that should be in prime time. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I just thought was killing the game when her show first debuted, Joy is a dark-skinned woman. She's very pretty, but her hair, I think she had braids that, you know, after a while, it just looks like a little bird's nest sometimes. <laughs> she didn't even buy, I mean, she still looked pretty. Let me just say that. But she didn't even buy, like, she just looked like somebody I would see. And her conversation, like, she exposes everybody in politics. Let me just say that. <laughs> but she just never skipped a beat. But I was very taken back by the fact that she didn't, she didn't press up. She didn't try to fit the part. She was just like, I'm, I'm the same joy to be here Saturday and Sunday. I'm coming through Monday through Friday now from 6 to 7. Here I am. And I look at her now like she's just very curly hair now. Just nothing straight. She's like she's not doing anything straight. Mm-hmm. I think Joy used to wear straight wigs. But like that's just not even a part of it. And I feel like people like her, in my mind, I'm saying I wonder who she's reaching back to to pull up. Mm-hmm. When we make it to that space, mm-hmm. do we reach back to pull people with us, to pull yeah. people up? So I'm just, I'm speaking into you because I feel like the platform <laughs> is going to grow and you'll be able to pull back uh, Kendall and student and pull her and give her a place and a voice, a community voice. I think it's so important that our friends are pouring into us as well mm-hmm. because I could have given up, I could have quit, but I had a friend who worked in media, so he knew what I was up against, and he was very encouraging, and I cannot go out through this podcast without acknowledging Mad Game Entertainment, Terrence Turner, and Alex Scott for what they've done for me in Connections, because Mad Game produces Connections. They are the backbone of Connections, and I would not have made two seasons in Connections without them. So I think it is very important that the circle that you have, your friends, Mm -hmm. they are aligning, too, with your goals and your dreams, and they're able to promote you and Mm -hmm. tell you, you know, that you can do this, and despite what that man said or what anybody says, you got this. So, and it's also important to... I try to reach back. Well, not try. I do reach back. Even though I have not arrived to where I think God wants me to be, I'm still on this journey and I'm carrying people with me. Okay. So even with my students, I teach kindergarten, by the way. So, <laughs> um, God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Every Monday at a certain time, we would watch Connections. And it was just like they had never seen me before. They were just, oh, my God, that's you. I'm like, yes, that's me. Can I do that? And that opens the dialogue. Ooh, yes, awesome. you can. Let's let's try to do this now. And I'm teaching five and six year olds how to stand in front of the class with their hands to their side. They're standing still talking to me. And it's just amazing to see kids mimic what they see you do. Absolutely. And I'm doing something positive and I'm giving back to my students. And my parents enjoy it too because the kids go home and talk about it. So I, I like what I do. And this isn't the final stop. It isn't a pit stop. I think there's more for me to do in this field. Ultimately, I want to be a traveling news reporter. I want to take this show on the road. Um, I want to cover politics, fashion, education, all the things. We, I agree right now. It is so. Listen, you saying the kids pointing out or asking can they do that reminds me of a quote that Tori Roberts said, who's a pastor. um, And I had to pin it on my Twitter, which I don't tweet a lot. But he said, the lack of exposure is lethal. In some environments, you would never be told who you are. And so... 
you can't be what you can't see. A lot That's of right. those kids, you know, there are still a lot of careers that I don't even know exist. Right. So how am I to even know that I can do this? And kids may have something inside of them, <laughs> not really realizing like, oh my gosh, like I could do that. Um, and I think a lot of times too, like in the school environment, we have to be better at not getting kids to conform, uh, conform so much to our environments and really pulling out who we see they are. Um, so if you have a little chatty Kathy in class, maybe chatty Kathy is a talk show host or, you know, something in entertainment or, you know, just because talking is seen negative in one environment doesn't mean that it's negative. And so I think it's a, the exposure is so important. So I love the fact, because Robin is say this all the time, like she'll go rogue and what she introduces her students to. So the fact that you take time. I'm saying it too loud. <laughs> I mean, right. she used to. Used to now where she's at now. Okay, right. no. Um, <laughs> but uh, I love the fact that you are intentional about showing them news of people that look like them and it's positive. Because the way these notifications set up, no. you would think we live in like a war zone. Girl, that's a great segue into the next question. Yeah. So, Kenyatta, you have gone, we've gone through a part of your life where you've been told no, and then you made a way to for it to be yes. Um, now you're here with connections with Kenyatta, and you can write your own narrative, and you can um, not necessarily expose, but just kind of speak about anything and everything that you want to um speak about what do you think as a, a media personality is the reason the larger media outlets paint us in such a negative light I think a lot of it has to do sometimes with personal feelings and then again you gotta look at the station where you are and the environment so I think with here with South Louisiana particularly Baton Rouge Violence is the number one thing in our community. Mm -hmm. And any chance that the news gets to shine a light on the negative things that we're doing, that's a story for them. So ultimately, the goal of the news station is to be able to break the news first, tell the story, and just, you know, have traffic on their website to where they can say, hey, we broke the story first. Okay. Never mind if it's correct or if hmm. John got hit by a dog or we reported he got shot by a blue gun. It, you know, it's because we're first. Right. And just like with the Kobe Bryant situation, everybody was, was first about to that. say, you know, that this is what happened. They even added people in there that weren't even there. Right. And yeah. then that created more, more hoopla, and that is what they wanted, that attention. So I know firsthand, personally, if it's, we're already fighting a war. Black people that don't even work in news are fighting a war with the new station because they don't want you to nurse or know certain things going on in your community. If it's bad, they want you to know about it. But if it's something good, like somebody standing on North Street passing on apples, they're not going to report that right. because they feel like that's not news, not important. That is important. That is what, you know, the community needs to be aware of. Yeah, we need to know, you know, who shot John, but the sun does shine after right. John was shot. So right. we want to talk about the sun things, you know, that things that happen under the sun, those positive things. We want to get to that. And I don't think we have that opportunity. So that is why connections, you know, swooned on in right and just shine my light but you know what i think a part of that too is like it almost makes me think of like i'm not gonna say the media okay like the media can the media can be on the devil's payroll or the lord's payroll depending on the day and i think that's a danger in itself because the bible tells us not to be uh lukewarm but that's a whole nother story but i think that it it really chokes out the hope in the community 
when all you see, all you hear is gunshots, gunshots, gunshots. Like, that's all I see, you know. So, for me, even if I were trying to find somewhere to live, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm not going over here. It don't seem like anything good happens. Not really realizing that there's crime in the area that I live in, too. I just don't know about it. Right. And so, I don't know if you can speak to that as to why is... Is it just gun violence that's breaking news? Or is it just gun violence in particular areas that's breaking news? Like, what makes crime a breaking news that really it seems like we only hear about it from one side? Crime, I'll say this from experience. It's not so much as crime itself. It's the fact that it's a story. Anything that's happening in the community is a story, whether Mm -hmm. it's good or bad. And you know, certain stations pick to choosing what they want to cover. But lately, you got to look at what's going on in the city. We don't know any of the positive things that are going on aside from, you know, what's already on TV, like the political stuff, because different agendas, hmm. different agendas. Mm-hmm. There are people that are on payroll that maybe, I'm going to just say this. If the mayor and the chief of police, and not necessarily in this city, but if the mayor and the chief of police and the news directors are friends, then what do you expect to get? I mean, think about it. It's going to be biased because we don't want, you know, the public to know that we're best friends. We, you know, chopping it up. We doing whatever. But I'm covering your tracks and you're going to cover mine. Mm-hmm. So if one of my police officers is out there beating up kids, you're not going to get that story because I know you're going to try to cover for me. So we're not going to talk about that. It's kind of like that. Yeah. So at this point, violence is just taking over our city. And even today, I was in church and got a notification about a shooting on Chippewa. But we didn't know about the police officers that were all the way in Lake Charles chasing those people for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. We didn't. They didn't. They didn't talk about the city cops. Baton Rouge in Lake Charles on a high speed chase. Wait, what? Yes, I'm just hearing this just now. Yes. Okay. Wow. <laughs> city Breaking cops, news. undercover mm-hmm. sheriffs, all of that heading down the interstate, passing through Lake Charles on high speed chase. And that's not breaking news. That's why is that not breaking news? Why? I'm. I don't know. That's a good question. Why is it? But what exactly is news then when you say that? Because like Brandy was telling us a story before we recorded that even in her neighborhood they were having break-ins, like car break-ins, right? So that's crime. There's a story. There's a story behind everything. So why wouldn't that be news versus like somebody getting shot because they had a fight? Like what makes? I'm just. I don't know. It'll make Crime Stoppers. A kid breaking in a car mm-hmm. will make Crime Stoppers before it'll actually be on the news as a story. Yeah. And that's just reality. Now, if it's a kid that doesn't look like us that's breaking in cars and he's a one-man band, he's just riding around pulling on handles, that's just a, a app, you know, for the neighborhood yeah. discussion. Yeah. That's not anything that, you know, the city, because they don't want to scare the city. city. Yeah. They don't want to cause a whole thing of letting everybody know that they got somebody that's breaking in cars over in, you know, whatever. So they want to scare one part of the city. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. The city that's already scared anyway. So, mm-hmm. I mean, why not? They already got Sodoms. Let's post most Sodom. Yeah. That's wow. pretty much how it is. Or, or even the scare people from engaging with that part of the that city. That too. I think that's the biggest, like, detriment to that because... Like I said, even if I wanted to, like, maybe I was opening a business that could be beneficial, that could bring jobs. Like, I'm probably not if I had notifications and that's solely what I would... I'm not from here, right? So let me put these apps on my phone and see what's going on. Breaking news, breaking news, breaking news. Violence, violence, violence. Okay, well, let me figure out another part of town I could go on. Um, Whereas it could be crime there, too. It's just like we don't see it, we don't hear about it. And so that's, that's the point that I'm just like... And, you know, as 
good you said that. It doesn't just happen here in Louisiana because I was at another station in Mississippi that I interviewed for, and I kid you not, I walked out and they had a shooting like literally next door to the station. So I was like, was anybody safe over here? Right. And that made me wonder, like, I don't want to live over here. Like, I don't want to work here. They got people shooting next door mm-hmm. every other day. And then the news just walk outside and just, you know, and just come back in and film. And I'm just like, that's not safe for me. So that turned me off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but then again, I look at the culture of that station. They had black news, direct black news anchors that had braids, just like your hair. Mm-hmm. I can count on one hand how many times I've seen a Louisiana black female on TV with braids. And there's one. She's my classmate. She's now working in New Orleans. I have not seen anyone else with braids here in Louisiana. Yeah. I don't know why why, I don't know why braids are so (laughs) offensive. But listen, if you ever encounter me live, you're gonna get braids, you're gonna get twists. (laughs) You're not working on Bantu knots, my head a little big, but you know we're gonna figure that out. I don't know why hair is such a uh, an issue especially when it's culturally like relevant to who we are that's because that side of media has not grown mm-hmm. with the other side mm-hmm. so that's why these people that are still stuck in like the 60s and the 70s and the 80s that's because they had look at Oprah Winfrey mm-hmm. how she got bald headed because they told her you know about her hair and she wouldn't put a perm in it so it it's just People, different people that aren't aware of what's going on in culture need to step from behind their desk and walk outside. The news station, some of these news stations, one in particular is in a black neighborhood. So I don't understand why they're so blind to the facts of what's going on once you get, you know, on that end of Holland Road. So, I don't know. I feel like part (laughs) of that that storyline is just to perpetuate this already ongoing stereotype of African-Americans. Um, but my question is, okay, we see it. We get it. How do we move forward from it? Like, it's, it's, I take personal issue, and it's not really a personal issue. It's more of an academic issue <laughs> with, like, the reality shows. Like the love and basketball. I mean, not love and basketball. Love and hip hop. And uh, basketball wives. Because in my mind, like I actually had to watch this for a class, by the way. So I'm just putting that out there. But <laughs> we studied how these negative stereotypes were just being c- continuously poured into our community. And like actually watching a show, I was sitting there like, do people really do this with no cameras around? Like, do they really talk like this do they really act like this or are they putting on and if they are putting on then why are they putting on this like why are they putting out this image you know of you know money being squandered and and attitudes and black women don't like we get together we don't really act like that but they're not the black women that i've been around and it's just like now we're like when we talk about our kids our young people these are the images we're fighting against like we're fighting against uh nene leaks or we're fighting against uh housewives of potomac those are the images we're fighting against because that's what's being poured into our kids so how do we as adults with platforms to children or even adults just having regular conversations with our friends how do we get beyond that but you know what? Before you answer that, I would say it's all still a setup because whenever we think about um, those reality shows, you only hear about the shows that have mostly black cast. But let us not forget that the Real Housewives franchise started with is mostly of people that do not look Absolutely. like us. 
And they on there acting a fool as well. But that's not, nobody like. That's not hype. Nobody relates that to like it being an issue. It's always still an issue like, oh, you had the black women on here acting like that. And we could be, like literally, that's the point. We could be doing the same thing somebody else is doing. And it's still like just this big X across like who we are. I think it's just all a setup of this this narrative that somebody's trying to create about us. I think it has a dollar amount that goes with it because, yeah. like you mentioned a few minutes ago, like the whole narrative, like black kids specifically, specifically not specifically, will see you know the housewives and in their mind you know they think it's all about riches and having long hair and you know the dresses and the diamonds and all mm-hmm. that, but that is not reality. And that's the picture that the media is painting for our kids because that's what sells. That's what attracts them. That's how they make their money. Mm-hmm. So as long as they can make a dollar off of us money. being, you know, acting, you know, the way we're acting on TV, then that's going to be the narrative that it is. Right. And it's unfortunate because these shows that you are speaking of, at least the, what is it, the housewives and the, or the basketball wives, Black, a black woman is an executive mm-hmm. producer for that. Right. A basketball wife. Uh, oh, oh, right. Love and hip hop. Yeah, too. but not real housewives, so, though. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's like uh, it's your own people capitalizing off mm-hmm. your this behavior that you're portraying or that's being portrayed. Because I'm not going to sit here and lie that some of, some of the things that are shown on here, some people can relate to, right? It is yeah. kind of relatable and... Um, they are seeing it in their circles, which is fine because that's what you do in your circles. But why do we have to make this the narrative? Because when I come to work or my coworkers see an episode of this stuff that I don't even watch and they automatically assume that this is something I engage in and they and I can reference and I have a problem with it because right. first of all, number zero, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> but I don't even have time to watch TV. Right. And alone. then secondly, I don't behave in that manner or associate myself with people that behave in that manner so why do you feel it's okay because because i'm black because i'm uh yeah because you just assume that because i'm black i watch these shows i want to you guys said something about these shows being created and um just like shown in a negative light with us but i i recall like just being in middle school or something like, didn't they have a show called Real World or something mm-hmm. like that? And it definitely was majority minority. Not, I mean, not non-minority. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And these people act a fool too. I was mm-hmm. not something, I don't remember watching it, but I remember it being drama. So I think if all else fails, drama will sell. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what color you are because, right, they, they, they capitalize <laughs> off anything that's Portraying a, portraying a negative light and just not good anything like that because like your your positive shows don't don't get that much uh yeah just run or just get that much light like i am not a tv watcher but in the past in this in these past couple of months like i've tuned into blackish mm-hmm. man that show is so underrated like i love kenya burns like as a writer, like, I mean, some of his stuff, <laughs> some of his stuff or whatever, because he has a Netflix show that's just yeah. black <laughs> AF, but um, <laughs> it's definitely, you got to be on some other stuff to watch it, but just like him as a writer, watching black, Blackish has, like, 
pointed out so many different things in our community and just shed light to so many like relatable things and it's such a good show like Mm -hmm. i haven't i haven't ever heard anybody talk about blackish like as much of as much as i've heard of love and Mm hip-hop like why aren't we doing the same things with these characters that are portraying a positive light like tracy ellis ross and anthony anderson are doing phenomenal even grownish just yeah. just like the spinoff shows that are that are coming off of it um are even dope because they it's like it's relatable now Zoe's in college and she's going through these things that your kids could possibly go through like I want my children to watch stuff like that as opposed to loving hip hop or housewives or whatever right. like I mean why why as a people do we not push those types of things as opposed to the negative. Is it because we're seeing only negative in the news? Is it only, yeah. is is that what we're, is placed in front of us and that's all we know, so that's all we think we should? So that's at some point I feel like art is supposed to reflect life, right? Mm-hmm. But at some point in our history, um, life began, began to reflect art. Our kids do what they hear on the music. It's not the music doing what's actually happening in in every area. So I look at a show like Blackish and like everything is not hunky dory on that show. Mm-hmm. Like but it's very real yeah. on that show. Right. And the problems, the issues, I hate to say this cuz I'm a kid that grew up watching Cosby show in different world. Right. Mm-hmm. I bled that. That was right. my life. <laughs> I was going to be Claire Huxtable. Aww. But that was me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like something happened in the 90s. I say mid 90s where media just sort of put that in the trash can and said how dare these black people put these positive images of a black doctor a black lawyer kids that don't always necessarily get along but the family works out some kind of way and yeah the kids went astray and did their own thing but the family unit was still together and then the spinoff with a different world, these generations of people going to college and right. struggling and figuring, trying to figure out what to do, the same issues we've all had. Like, why did that go away? Yeah. And I know the, re- the, the, the instant answer is because the black people started going to college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of black people started going to college and that wasn't, that wasn't in the plan. That's not how we maintain this slave-like society oh you went real deep i wasn't even like thinking on that yeah, yeah. Those type I, of levels. so i i but i know that that is the truth that is why but, but that's a big part of why we know media is so powerful exactly because you think about when we were watching a different world everybody wants to go to college yeah. like I, human. human still okay. exists in my mind y'all. Okay. there's a human somewhere somebody yeah. gotta show me take me to him and now everybody wants to be an entrepreneur and you know Instagram model. Yeah, like and... everybody wants to do that. And that's a listen, that that's a lane for somebody. Like but not everybody. Even I get college too is not for everybody. But the point is it's just like I I, I totally agree. We kinda go with the wave of what media feeds us. So that's why I think why something like what you're doing is so important mm-hmm. because you're putting out just positive messages. Um and we don't you have to like sift through <laughs> right. Or just more Crazy than one. to find it. Because she could put out the, like, breaking news suit. It's more than one. Like, she's, yeah. like, not 
she's not only doing one message. But breaking news with humanity behind it. Because I was thinking about, you know, it almost seems like it when somebody commits a crime, they want it automatically. Maybe you can speak to this. Why do we automatically? Well, you know they was arrested uh, in, in 1995 <laughs> like for, for stealing some uh, Starburst out of a store. You're Jeez, like, it's yeah. 2020. So now it's like you're almost trying to use that excuse as that's a justification of why they can be shot dead in the parking lot of a Trader Joe's. You know what I mean? Like, is, is there a method behind that or... Propaganda. It's all about yeah. painting a picture to the audience of who this person was. Yeah. So if this person was shot and killed for whatever reason, regardless of if they were doing something right or wrong, they were shot and killed. The media is going to dig deep into their life and go back to the day after they was born when they stole a piece of candy from their mama's titties. And <laughs> it's just, you know, we gotta we gotta let the audience know what type of person this is. Yeah. And I think that's pretty much what it is. It's all about, you know, just painting a picture to the audience of what this person was before they up until before they got shot or before something yeah. bad happened to them. They could have been one of the humanitarians a year of the war, you know, for being the best Christian on earth. They won't mention that because that's not what got them killed. What got them killed was a long lot of the negative things that they done. Yeah. Although, if Christian, you know, we preach redemption, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you can be redeemed. Like, <laughs> you may have done that, but once you de- decide to surrender and turn your life over to God, like, God can wash those things from you. But then the world comes back, yeah. no, that's a lie. The he washed it away. Is yeah, like, he washed so it away, but I'm going to continue to bring it back up. And so, it's just like, it's such a contrast. Like, just like the Bible tells us, you can't be a friend of the world and a friend of the Lord. It mm-hmm. just does not work. It's not. It's not the same. Right. Um, and it's it's hard uh, being I think woke to that because we're born into the world's views, and so then you have to c- climb out of that, which is hard a lot of the time. A lot of the time. You know, especially if you think about an older generation, like your moms or dads or somebody watching news. You know, they have all the ad-libs that, yeah, well, they shouldn't. You know, it's just like we're so indoctrinated to just say certain stuff without realizing. It's so much more to the story, Mm -hmm. especially when I see um, young boys do things like, you know, get in trouble. And you see that on the news. I work with teenage boys, and I always think that could be one of them. And I have such a full picture. You know, even we were talking about a student that we had um, got arrested like this summer. Um, yes, that's something they did, but there's so much more uh-huh. to this person outside of that piece, but the world is only going to know that piece. Right. And I think the issue is that it's always not fair. When it comes to people of color, you get the arrest records. Oh, they had an argument with their girlfriend in the parking mm-hmm. lot back then. But with other people, it's always the benefit of the doubt. Well, they probably had mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Oh, Okay. So what about, you know, they didn't have mental health issues. So it's just like we want it to be, we want some type of, like, equality. Right. At minimum. I wonder, though, is there a fairness in the narrative? Like, or will we ever get a fairness in the narrative? I just feel like being black in America is so deeply rooted in something negative that no matter what you do, no matter how great you are, you're, they're always going to find the fact that you stole a pack of gum when you were seven. Yes, I did that. But I'm 
just saying. No they matter. Gonna they gonna find it. Right on this They're gonna find it. I could find a cure to cancer. And Lord knows I wanna find a cure to cancer. But they gonna remember, oh no, Robin stole Bubblicious. You know, when she was seven years old, like there's no redemption. There is. But how do we, us woke folk, how do we start writing the story again? Because what I can't have happen, I can't have my son grow up in this. I can't. Mm-hmm. Not if I'm conscious that it's happening. Mm-hmm. I feel like God is going to hold me accountable. Well, Robin, what did you do? What did you do to make his pathway a little bit straighter? So now, how do I rewrite this story? Because the way they portray us, it's not true. It's yeah. not only is it not fair, it's just not true. I think that's a good question for Kenyatta because you have created <laughs> a space where you, um, you're you telling the narrative. And not to say that we have to hide stuff under the rug because there is crime. There are people who do some terrible things, but there's so much goodness. So how do you decide like what you tell, why you tell it? Are you like sensitive to things because you know how we're seen does that like ever make you say i don't want to tell this i, I would doubt it didn't yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like you're what basis do you paint the story i feel like we all have a charge to keep mm-hmm. and having my own platform is a huge responsibility and that responsibility can be wiped from me in a second so it is important that I handle that like it's my child. People ask me, you have a kid? Yeah, I have my TV show. It's uh, yeah. two seasons old. Um, <laughs> I The narrative that we can change, like what you were saying, is it's up to me and parents and anyone else that you know feels that they can handle responsibility to rewrite what is on TV. So I know that you're a mom, and what you were saying, that what can you do? You how I don't know how old your son is, but you're teaching. He's five. Kindergarten. Kindergarten. So you're <laughs> teaching them now that what they see on TV is not always true, mm-hmm. and then that opens the conversation for you know fiction and nonfiction. Well, and then they'll probably say because my students do it to me. They ask me all the time, well, why did he shoot that man? Was that man a bad man? And then I'll have to you know say, well, baby, there are a lot of bad people, but we have to find the good in people because you don't always want to tell the kids at that age that that was a bad person. He did such and such. Mm-hmm. Teach them young that there is good in people. And then that you're bringing up, you know, those are the people that have to run this world. So then you're teaching them, you know, the good things and telling them, you know, what not to believe and how to believe what's said. Those are the people we're raising to run this world. So by the time they reach a certain age, they already know that you don't believe everything you hear and see on TV. Yeah. And I think, too, it's not even about teaching when you think about that age, it's about reinforcing that. what they naturally do. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at little kids, they naturally, I mean, provided they come from a loving home, right? But, like, they naturally gravitate towards one another. It doesn't matter what you look like. Mm-hmm. Um, they they want to hug. They want to love you. That's just naturally what they are. I think we teach them the opposite. Yeah. I don't think I know we teach them the opposite. And so I think that's when you have an instance where you get to like middle schoolers, high schoolers, adults, then you have to teach them that there is good in people. Mm-hmm. But that's something we already knew. But that ain't nothing but the devil. Like stripping that those ideas away from us. Uh, with us, tainted adults. Right. Yeah. I had a parent like that, that she expressed that she didn't want her child to hang with, you know, a certain color of kids mm-hmm. and I ignored her request because 
Okay. One, I'm not a activist for, you know, classroom, you know, separation and thing like that. Yeah. We're all here, one classroom, like one band, one sound, okay. one class. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So if you that's what you're teaching at home, then that's on you. When that he comes here, I'm teaching different and he's gonna do what we're doing here. So at home, I don't have nothing to do with that. But in my classroom, we love everybody. We're going to play to everybody. They want to hold hands and walk up to the board and touch it. That's fine. We don't all do it. And I don't I don't teach my kids to see color. And I know there are parents that do that. And that's where the misconception comes. Because for eight hours a day, someone else is teaching. Somebody that don't even probably look like them is teaching them, you know, yes, we're all friends here. But when they get home, well, he's not your friend because he's of a certain color or he's a certain religion. And I don't like that. And that's confusing the kids because they're like, is. well, they were so nice to me on the playground and we ate lunch. Like, in a kid's mind, we had right. such a good time. Why right. are we friends Why again? We friends? Okay. Right. But then eventually it grows into hate and mm-hmm. it's it's really crazy. I, not, you know, there's a big conversation about seeing color, not seeing color. Mm-hmm. Obviously, God uh, is perfect in, in everything that he does. So I think him making us different shades was purposeful for some reason. So I... I don't even think it's so much as not seeing color. I just think it's more so of celebrating the differences that we bring um, from where we come from and, and being okay with that. Like, I think it's okay to be like, oh, they're, you know, a little, they have less melanin, they have a lot of melanin, like whatever it is that you want to say. But just like knowing how to celebrate what makes them beautiful versus like what makes them not beautiful, which is usually just like fake news right, <laughs> as right. we say it's just like fake news right and even most kids don't even identify what makes me different from you until this pointed out I like like Kenyatta just said in her classroom we all gonna learn we all gonna have fun we're gonna love each other we're gonna hold hands we're gonna go to the playground we're gonna do all this but in doing that my hair texture my skin color None of that has anything to do with any of the learning, the fun, the games, or just the love that is being exuded in this classroom. So why should it matter what my melanin is, the level of melanin in my skin is? So I think that's my biggest hiccup. I know it is like you got one group of people that's saying, yes, you should see color. Other people like, no, you shouldn't. At the at, if we love, I think if love is the ultimate end game, end goal, I think if we teach love that it, it wouldn't matter whether or not you see color or not, or you see differences or not, because you love. I think one of the most heartbreaking experiences I've had as a, as a parent with my son was last year when um, they learned colors. Mm-hmm. And my son is fair-skinned. Um, and as a matter of fact, he goes to a predominantly white school. And if you look real fast, you won't be able to tell where he is. <laughs> and when they started learning colors, my son is brown, according to the rest of his class. Mm-hmm. Well, I actually am brown. Mm-hmm. He's not. So it created like separation within our little niche family. How come I'm this color and you're that color? And I just start picking up these these ideas and concepts of colorism like he's now identifying as black but he doesn't know about race yeah. he only knows color so sometimes i question him like how are you black oh because my papa told me i was black or something like that or um when i have to draw myself my teacher gives me a black crayon 
Hmm. Had a significant problem with. I have to say, well, exactly. She needed to give the whole box because maybe he wants to be perfect. Right. I had a specific problem with that, and so I questioned her, and she understood where I was coming from because my son is the only African American student in that class, and so my my issue was, why are you allowing students to create something different about them? Like my son's hair is different from everybody else. It's curly. It's not straight. And it's like, why are we having this conversation? If you guys were just learning colors, and there's so many things <laughs> in the world that have different colors, why was it on them? And I had an issue with that because it introduced him to there's something different about me than it is my mom, my dad, my grandmother, my grandfather, my brother, my sister. I'm different than the rest of my whole family. And now that's an issue for him. And so now he feels he has to identify with whatever we identify as. And again, he doesn't know race. He only knows colors. And so that's just one of the heartbreaking issues I've had as a parent thus far. Mm -hmm. And it makes you wonder, well, what can I do? Right. <laughs> Am I doing enough? Yeah. Right. I guess, listen, this conversation, because I'm honestly still stuck on, like, that conversation you had with the <laughs> <laughs> director. Oh, like, no. seriously. We could go on and on and on, um, but as we wrap up, like, what is, like, I don't know, like, just one thing, like, if you just had one message to give people about media or, like, telling stories or owning, um, not even, like, your blackness, because, you know, the Lord says that he came that there would be one people, okay, mm -hmm. Jews and Gentiles are no longer Jews and Gentiles, they're one, um, and in heaven, nobody's gonna care about that, <laughs> um, but just about owning, like, you and how God made you and what that looks like as you step out into the world. I, I don't know. Is there, like, a message or just, like, one thing? I think it's important to understand that everyone is different. Yeah. And what worked for someone else that, you know, look like us or doesn't look like us, it may not work for you. That is because your battle is not their battle. Mm -hmm. There's something for all of us to do, and we won't know you know, our strengths and our courage until we actually decide to step out on faith and do it. But in stepping out, God has to be in the detail. If not, it's all going to crumble. And yeah. it's just, it's not going to be what it's supposed to be. So I just want to encourage anyone that's even, that's not in the media field, that is, don't believe the hype. Mm -hmm. The hype is you. You are your own hype. Oh, and it is up it is. to you <laughs> to create your own platform. There's nothing wrong with having 19 different media outlets. That's what, it's, that's what the world is for. Mm -hmm. There is a box that people believe they have to work within, and that's not true. Throw that box away. Mm -hmm. Get out of that box and get out of your own headspace and just go for it. People going to tell you, you know, that's not right. There's no one way to work in media. There's no one way to do a certain thing. Find what works for you and go for it. And don't let anybody tell you you're not the right skin color. Your hair not long enough. It's too short. Your nose not clean. Your feet too long. Put some lotion on. <laughs> Pray. Keep God in the details and go for it. I love that you are the hype. Hey, I like that. listen. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you so much for just coming and tell your story. Before we go, where can the people find you? When is the show coming back? What can we expect? So, 
Um, I ended season two of Connections in March, right before we went in quarantine. Okay. And then that same week, I also had oral surgery. So I had been down for a while. So as of now, I will finish out uh, 2020 with, you know, no connections. I'll still do like little small packages and things, but I won't be back on the airwaves until 2021. Okay. But in the meantime, you can catch Connections with Kenyatta Collins on YouTube. Just click Connections with Kenyatta Collins or just Google Kenyatta Collins and my sweet face. We'll pop up. Yes. That sweet brown face. Yes. Yes. Melanie. Yes. This has been so awesome. And like, again, we're trying to put so much, like a life really into like an hour. Um, But I, I hope this encourages people to go back and have conversations just about like, uh, I posted this morning on our account um, to look again with a different mm-hmm. perspective. And mm-hmm. although like the context is just a little bit different from what we're talking about, it's the same push look again like the world really is trying to paint this narrative and you have to be strong in your foundations and what the holy spirit is speaking to you and open your eyes up to the truth look again everything is not what it seems and i just gotta you are the hype okay i love that i'm living off that for like this week and i just want to say one last thing that i saw on social media as well and i think it said be so content with god's plan that you don't even get upset when things don't go your way listen Because, I don't know, I'm just, girl, I'm just so like, thank you, God, that that conversation didn't kill your dream. And we're talking to you and you working, you know, somewhere else that's outside of your purpose. Because it could have, it could have. And that's the thing you have to get in your spirit. I don't live for man. Mm -hmm. I don't work for man. Any door that's open is God. Any door that closes is God. We give man too much credit. I was thinking about that today, just about like, the world is just so... It's heartbreaking, and I, I, I just in my spirit, it was just like you giving the world too much credit to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, that's what I, I'm, I'm expecting, like that perfection and flowers. Yeah. And it, we were we we're, were born sinners. Some of us come out come about come out of it. Some of us don't. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know, guys. This is great. Continue these conversations at home. Yes, be mindful of what you watch. Um, don't be so judgmental of who you're watching. Because, listen, you don't know these people's stories. Like, yes. this is... And we learned that, too, with Chadwick Boseman. You Absolutely. don't know people's stories, you know? So, I, I don't know. That's it. Okay, we're going to stop, guys. So, listen. <laughs> until next time, remember... God is in the details.